Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 10. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and you're listening to the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. Before the interview starts, I'd like to thank all the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu supporters for helping sponsoring 61 kids from seven different social projects to compete at the 2018 IBJJF South American Championships in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil on July 21st and 22nd. And it doesn't even matter if they won or they lost. What matters is many of them had the opportunity to compete for the first time in their lives. And events like these can be a life-changing experience for them who live in rough areas where drugs and crime are everywhere. If you'd like to know more about Live Jiu-Jitsu, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org. www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Hobson Mora. Hobson is a fifth-degree black belt under 100 Pedaneros, a five-time IBJJF black belt world champion, and he is also inducted in the IBJJF Hall of Fame. Hobson is one of the most sought-after jiu-jitsu experts in the world for seminars. Father of three, Hobson began training at the age of 10 in his hometown of Teresopolis in Rio de Janeiro under Jucão Brites. Since the British moved away from Teresopolis, this led Hobson to begin training with underpedineers, and by the time he turned 18, he had earned his black belt. Currently, Hobson owns and operates the Hobson Mora Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Tampa, Florida, where he manages one of the fastest-growing and most respected jiu-jitsu associations in the world, the RMNU Association, which currently has 50 affiliate schools in seven different countries. It's an honor to welcome my brother from another mother, Hobson Mora. How are you, Habinho? Hey, Gustavo. I'm doing great, man. I'm very excited to be here, talk to you, you know, and... Uh... So I'm very happy now. So thanks for having me here now. So for people who don't know, Hobbs and I and being friends for a long time is one of my best personal friends. We had a lot of projects together, been a lot of stuff together. So it's awesome to be here and helping to share the story that how you know how long we've been in jujitsu and business and everything. So super excited about that. And so how did jujitsu show up in your life? Uh, Gustavo, it was like very natural, you know, and uh, I, I remember like I was 10 years old, um, I was talking to a friend of mine, his name is Andrea, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, like I grew up in a very rough area, you know, uh, you know, it was, it was not a lot of opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And a uh, friend of mine came to me and uh, asking me to do Kung Fu, say, hey, let's do Kung Fu, because he was, you know, he was two, three years old and then I was. Mm-hmm. And then he was more like a kung fu move, stuff like that. And I had no way, to be honest, I was not on kung fu moving. I was not like on karate move. I was not like on martial arts at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was not on my thing. I don't think I knew was how to play football, like play soccer, right? And barely, you know, because I was pretty bad player. <laughs> so, uh, and he asked me to do like kung fu, right? And then right away I walked to my house and I asked my daddy, I said, hey, daddy, I want to do kung fu. 
And then my daddy told me like, oh, you want to do jujitsu? I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that, you know. And I had no idea what jujitsu was about. <laughs> and then, but it was happening very quickly, very quick, like two, two, like it was like he he spoke to me today. I told my my father today. Next day, I was already in the gym. I was already training because my father's friend was a brown belt back there. You know, one of the big arts we have today, like Juquinha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juquinha was a brown belt, worked my dad in this manufacturer, you know, and, uh, and my daddy told him, and they said, oh, yeah, br- bring him to my, my brother's school. That's how my journey starts, you know, and uh, as soon as I walk in the gym and uh, I saw Jiu-Jitsu, I saw the, it's funny because I saw this guy, his name is Fabiano. Mm-hmm. Fabiano was doing like a front row, you know, like doing this jump row. And he was jumping over a guy. And Fabiano was a pretty heavy kid. He was like, you know, heavy. Not like, you know, skinny. He was heavy. And I saw Fabiano jump over a guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, oh, that sold me right there. So, oh, that's what Kung Fu <laughs> does, right? Let's jump. And now that's how my journey starts, you know. And, uh, and thanks God, you know. And my dad had the click. And they had the friend who was doing jiu-jitsu. And now that's how everything starts. And how do you feel BJJ relate with life now that you have almost what, 30 years of jiu-jitsu getting close there? How do you feel that BJJ relate with life? You know, BJJ was everything for me, Gustavo, you know, and uh, it's, it's a tough question because I cannot see myself, my life without jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot even think, okay, if I was not a jiu-jitsu instructor or jiu-jitsu competitor, what could they do, you know? Could they, you know, I don't think I could go to the college, you know, becoming like a lawyer or a doctor because my family, they didn't have their, their, their information. Mm-hmm. My family was a very simple family, right? And uh, in jiu-jitsu, like, you know, I couldn't see myself without jiu-jitsu, but, the, you know, jiu-jitsu is everything. Like, you know, jiu-jitsu making me a better man, making me a better athlete, making me a better human being. So, mm-hmm. Today, I'm 40 years old, you know, and I have a better eyes. I have a better view through the life in general, through the jiu-jitsu. I use the jiu-jitsu as a guide mm-hmm. uh, to, to not help only myself, but help all my students, my family members, and all my friends, you know. And, uh, and I feel like uh, jiu-jitsu gave me the power, gave mm-hmm. me the, the high confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, that's, that's why I cannot see myself without jiu-jitsu, you know. Mm-hmm. And when do you feel that you had that spark, that moment that you decided, I want to pursue jiu-jitsu for a living? This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, make a living. How old were you? Do you remember that? I do remember, Gustav, because uh, I had a sponsor back in the years called like Fluka. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. you remember that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had this sponsor. They started sponsoring me. I was very young. I was orange belt and he started sponsoring me. He gave me like one day, he gave, I wish I, I kept that. He gave me a gear, a bag, and he gave me a, a book, a, a agenda, like a, a, like a no, Yeah, like a notepad, yeah. Yeah, notepad, yeah. And uh, I remember it was a white K, white face, which like, it was like Fluka. It was a car dealership, by the way, just to let people know, yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, so I wrote everything, right. I wrote my future on that book. I wrote my future. I was already meeting Alessandra. I was not in the data Alessandra, but it was like, you know, flat Alessandra here and there. And uh, I wrote on that book 
I want to be a black belt. I want to have my own school. I want to get married to Alessandra. And I remember my big heroes was, was Jukão, my first instructor. You know, he's still like one of my big heroes. And I, I read in that book, I want to be like Jukão because Jukão was teaching jiu-jitsu for a living. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, I was very young age, probably on my 14, mm-hmm. 13, 14 years old when they wrote my future on that book. Like I said, I wish I kept that book today, you know, awesome. and uh, uh, fortunately I don't have, but let's say I was very, I was, you know, very young age, you know. And I know, and especially as you mentioned, it's so young, so long ago, but do you remember if any doubts or maybe fears came up, you know, when you're like 14, 15, how was it? Yeah, actually, I had like one doubt, like when, when I was, uh, you know, I got, I got promoted, like, very quickly, right? When I was 16, I was already purple belt. Close, mm-hmm. get close to my 17, I was purple belt. You know, until my purple belt, I was competing with everything, right? So then I went to my first competition as a purple belt and I lost. It was a big shock, right? And I couldn't believe. So and I came back the next competition and I lost again. My first two competition in purple belt, I lost. Then I, I started to ask myself, I mean, I think that's not for me. I think that's, it, you know, you know, thinking about your young, you know, I was a kid, I was doing everything as a kid. Mm-hmm. When I became the adult, you know, had to compete in the adult division as a purple belt, and I lost my first two competitions. And I thought, man, that's, I don't think I've been doing that's for me. You now I thought I was like, you know, maybe it was a fun game until here, but from here to keep moving forward, I don't think it's going to be my. My thing that really that's really hit me pretty bad, uh, but on that time I was more on the competition mode. I was like you know a competitive guy. I want to win. I want to win so badly, and uh, at the same time I had this down. I couldn't see myself quit. I mm-hmm. couldn't see myself like just walk away. And then I started questioning myself. Okay, what I have to do? What I have to do to 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 put me on that better position, better spot. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose again, you know, and uh, because I did like that feeling. Uh, then I realized uh, I was way, I was like good technically, mm-hmm. but I was not strong enough to compete on the adult guys. You know, I was 16, 17 years old. These guys, they were like 20 plus, you know, and they were like more mature, like, mm-hmm. you know, heavy and strong than I was. And uh, then I started like, you know, go for physical training, get myself strong, stuff like that. Then, I said again, if I felt better, then I started winning again. So then from there, we just like putting me back on the track, you know. And this is something that basically you just went through this, I like to call that internal battle, you know, this question, all those things. Basically alone or did you talk with anyone? Did you talk with, did you mention to your instructor about it, the doubts, or you just kind of kept to yourself and then kept no, working? No, I on? didn't talk to nobody. You know, I was very, very quiet guy, Gustavo, for, mm-hmm. for, for many, many years, you know, and uh, now I'm more communicated. Even though today, like, you know, if I don't know the guy well, it's... it's more reserved, yeah. More reserved, exactly. Uh, but I was quiet, you know, I didn't tell nobody. I was just asking myself, asking myself, okay, you know, and then... Uh, but I had a great support, man. I had a great support back there, good training part, good, like... My mom, she was always supporting me. She was always pushing me to 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 reach my dream, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, so and then I had too many people involved. Uh, uh, that's why I couldn't give up, you know. And uh, but you know that but that was a pretty uh, 
learning moment in my life. When I look today, back in the years, uh, I had to go through that moment to make me better, you know, to make who I am today. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And a few for the listeners who are listening to that maybe are going through a rough time. That could be competing because they're, they're losing or maybe they are having their business. Their business is it's not moving forward. Of course, you, you're going to have doubts. But I feel that uh, what Hobson said is a great suggestion or to ask yourself, what can I do to put myself in a better position? You know, because sometimes people get overwhelmed and that's how they quit. I don't know the answer. I'm going to stop. And that's when you really need to reflect and think about it. What can I do? And Luckily, you're able to think about it and keep going. And, and if someone asking this question and is still having trouble, maybe reach out, ask someone that you trust, you know, share about what you're going through and maybe someone can give you some tips. Now, what I'd like to ask is, I know that uh, since I know your story, you start teaching very young. You start actually taking care of your, your school. You used to teach in a school, but you're, you're hustling since you're young, competing, fighting MMA, being sponsored, making money in all, kinds, in all kinds of different ways. But I know that that transition when you left Rio to go to Sao Paulo, to Ribeirão Preto, to start teaching there, I believe that's one of your, your toughest experience, as you mentioned to me before. So that's why I'm bringing this up to everyone to get to learn more about it. So I want you to tell me, how was this transition from Rio to Sao Paulo? And I know there was a struggle. And what did you learn from this experience, the beginning that brought you where you're here today? That's for sure. Um, yeah, that, that was definitely like uh, one of the tough uh, times I went through, but was the one of the most important time I went through as well, you know, because like I said, I believe like everything happened in the life, it's happened for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, so when I decided to move away, uh, move to Ribeirão Preto, São Paulo. Uh, How old are you? I was uh, 1920. Yeah, yeah, I was the beginning of my black belt, right? I think I, yeah, I was around the beginning. Nice. If I'm not, I think it was 1997. Yeah, like 1998, something like that. Mm -hmm. I was very young, you know, I was not getting, I was engaged, you know, stuff like that. My whole family was in Teresopolis, my, my, all my friends, where I grew up, my home, but that's where I feel security, right? But mm -hmm. I knew I have to move. I knew I have to to push myself to the next level because on that moment, I was, it was the time to start making money. It was the time to start like, okay, I want to uh, organize my life financially, that, you know, because, you know, I want to help my family as well, right? And then, so when I moved to Ribeirão Preto, I remember I took a bus, man, from like my hometown uh, to São Paulo, landed like the bus station São Paulo, took another bus to São Paulo to Ribeirão Preto, like it was like 12 hours on the bus, something like that. Me in my backpack and my gear, man. And I went, uh, no money on the pocket, no money at all. Uh, the guy picked me up in the Ribeirão Preto, the bus station, and uh, took me to the gym, right? And then... Uh, so long story short, I was living in the gym for six months. Which I was sleep in the gym for six months. So his gym was like uh, kind of like a small health club, kind of like have swimming pool, uh, 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 you know, uh, weight room, uh, yoga class, stuff like that in the mat area. 
Uh, and I remember the back of the gym, they have like a, sh- a, a room was mm-hmm. like used for, for like a physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. So during the day, they used the room for a physiotherapy, massage, stuff like that. At nighttime, there was my, my room, my bed, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. So uh, I was there for six months. I didn't have a cell phone. And uh, they have like this uh, this phone in the gym, the one you put the, the coins. The phone, yeah. Exactly. So that, I was calling my family for their phone. My my family was calling me to their number. My my Alessandra, my it was my fiance back. They was calling to their number to speak to me. And now and uh, that was really tough. I remember like you know Monday through Saturday was not that bad because I was teaching. I was seeing people all day long. If it was not teach, I was hanging out with the people working like on the on the office. I was hanging out with the people teaching like you know uh, the weight room. You know I was all. Mm-hmm. Always around somebody, but Saturday, uh, the last class finished on Saturday. Close the school on noon. Everybody leaves, and the guy locked the gym, and I was still inside the gym <laughs> by myself. There was tough. And the, now thinking about twenty years old kid by himself in the gym. Look to one side, look to the other side. Don't see nobody. Don't hear nothing. I was going for the gym, doing weights. I was going to the pool, swimming, but just by myself. I was so boring, so boring. And then, at that moment, I was all thinking, thinking, thinking. Okay, what I have to do? What I have to do to put myself to the next position? What I have to do to move from here to like get in my apartment? What I have to do? Maybe like you know to get in my car. Then mm-hmm. start building my life. You know, that's what I was there for. I was there to make my life better. They, I knew that moment I have to be a discipline and start saving my money to move to the next, you know, to, to do what I have to do. For the six months, Gustavo, I was saving every money I could, every money I could. Six months later, I got married, I rent my own apartment, and I put money down mm-hmm. to a car payment. That's how my mm-hmm. life starts. You know, and uh, I had uh, I, I had to put the trigger, and I was very young. <laughs> and the other thing is I. When you move to another town, you're young, your family is not there, you don't have like uh, credits. Nobody mm-hmm. knows who you are. So you go for a car dealership, say, I want to buy a car. And the guy like, oh, okay, so how much money do you have? They, they yeah. overcharge you, right? So you go to rent your apartment. They say, like, okay, I want to rent your apartment. They say, like, oh, okay, they overcharge you. So everything was mm-hmm. overcharged, right? And I was like, man, like, what, what's going on over here, right? And I was like, okay, man, if that's what I have to do, mm-hmm. that's what I have to do, right? And, uh, and I did it. And uh, another thing, the, the, my apartment, I had one uh, bed on the, the floor. The mattress, yeah. The mattress on the floor, no TV, no radio, nothing, which I was empty. You walk there with just like the metro right there on the shore, on the floor. For twenty years old kid, it mm-hmm. is, <laughs> you know, it's not easy, man. It's not easy at all. So we just say like the lesson that you learned was basically what the what you learned from this experience was that aha moment, that realization that the discipline was gonna take you to to another level. To take me to whatever I dream. To, mm-hmm. to, to be honest, like, like I told you a uh, couple of times before, I was a very good uh, disciplined guy as an athlete. 
I was a very disciplined guy, you know. If you tell me, okay, you got to train 10 hours a day, I will train 10 hours a day. If you tell me, like, oh, you have to run this many miles, I say, hate running, I will run this many miles. I was a very disciplined. Mm -hmm. As an athlete, as a competitor, right? So on that moment, I knew I had to be a discipline as well as a, a, on my life. I was like, only something. I was like putting my life in a situation or not be struggling in the situation. I'm going to walk home. I have food on my table. We're going to walk home. I have a place to stay. You know, I don't have to be sleeping in the gym again. You know, I have my own place. Even though I didn't have no furniture, but it was my own place. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I feel happy there. I was like so, I was comfortable. It was my house. It was my first dreams coming true, you know? And, uh, and the discipline putting me in the situation where I am today. Yeah. And um, since, again, since I know your story, I wanted to even talk a little bit about the move that you had from, from Brazil to the U.S. And there's a part that... Uh, you know, I was able to see closer, you know, what he went through, a lot of rough times here and there, and you're doing well, right? And of course, right now, years and years on the road. But one of the things that I remember that in 2006, I think you're still like getting situated in the United States, you know what I mean? You're still like struggling, seeing where I'm going to live, you know, all that stuff. And I remember that since I always like to say that in the same thing that happens in soccer, jiu-jitsu, new generations come and go, and you're already four-time world champion by that point. But since you moved to the U.S., and people really didn't know about you, especially because the, the worlds, they only came to the U.S. in 2007. You know, so the, the public, the jiu-jitsu community back then, internet wasn't that popular, you know what I mean, to have access to it. People, not everyone had the access to the VHS tapes that, you know, Paqueta used to have and, and it showed you. So a lot of people did not know about, about you. And you decided that, man, uh, even we would talk about it and I said, man, you need to put, you know, your face out there. You need to compete again. And in 2007, you, you got back to competing and you used to come to Arizona to train here at the school also. And you correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you won in 2007 Pan's Worlds Grappler's Quest Pro and I think two more uh, super fights. Yeah, I had two more super fights. And it's good you bring that up because, yeah, that was like, uh, I think we had this conversation probably at the end of 2006 or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Now, and I came from Brazil, I was in Delaware, right? And uh, yeah. I didn't like Delaware at all. You know, I, I made good friends there. I, I still have amazing friends over there. I go there every year. We still have an army new school over there. Uh, uh, but I did like the Delaware. I did like the States. And I remember to have a conversation with you and you changed my mind. You, I was not thinking about competing. Competing was not on my on my my mind anymore. You know, I always try to build my life uh, to the other way, right? And I remember to have this conversation with you, and you brought that up. You said, "Man," and I think you should be competing. And that was like that was the moment I say, "Like, yes, that's what I have to do." So and then, 2007 was amazing year as a competitor, and. Uh, and I put myself like every competition I could and I uh, win everything. Like, you know, then we had the opportunity to do the fusion DVD. Mm -hmm. Because of that, because yeah. you, because you competed. So all the, and you know, just the, the response of from you accepting this new challenge and this came up. I have for people who, 
been listening to the podcast, if you have a chance to watch the episode zero, that it's about myself and about the podcast, I share about my favorite quote that if you're looking for a big opportunity, accept a big challenge. And uh, you accept this, uh, this huge challenge of get back to competing. And staying a little bit away, was got, got into uh, MMA, got a lot of things happening at the same time, and you chose to do that. And since you accept that big challenge, huge opportunities popped up. And a huge opportunity came up as a result of the challenge was, of course, the results of the tournaments, then the fusion uh, videos that, you know, I think it was three DVDs that uh, got in the market. And that was basically putting in 2008, your name gave a big boom and people like, oh, who is this guy? And then Armin U was created and then things started to take off. But you had to make that one move, that one thing that, because if you have if you have waited, if you didn't compete and you stay in your comfort zone, I don't know where you'd be right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I agree 100%. And I agree 100%. I think the, the challenge has to be accepted. Like I said, like, you know, I remember like, uh, uh, you know, when you throw that challenge and I was all right, let's do it. And now I remember, like, like you said, I was going to Phoenix to train with you in Arizona all the time, you know, and, uh, you know, I had to sacrifice a lot of things, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. because I was to travel, you know, and uh, I was competing, I was doing like everything, like you know. And it, it, remember, like Delaware, I didn't have too much people to train. It was a, you know, started the, the school there, so mm-hmm. then I had to fly to your school to train there because you had a better training part for me, you know, yourself and the other guys. So, but you know, accept the challenge. I did it, and uh, like I said, it's after the DVDs, you know, I had the opportunity to do the DVDs, and we did the Fusion One, Fusion Two. The Super No Gear was a huge successful, and then the seminar starts to pop it up like crazy, and I start like you know, then the life starts go for like uh, mm-hmm. a different direction, you know. And, uh, yeah. But like I said, the, the challenge has to be accepted, no matter what situation you are. Which I've, you know, you, you all say about that. I learned so much with you, like you know, and uh, no matter which situation you are, sometimes you have to challenge yourself, even though maybe you're in the situation like very, very comfortable, right? So you mm-hmm. got a nice house drive a nice car, live like a nice life, but you feel like you're missing something. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that missing is the challenge you need to push yourself to the next level and just, you know, you're not going to lose anything. You're just going to get it better. You know, you're going to grow from there. You know? yeah. And another thing that I remember too is that about probably, uh, I don't know, 2007, 2008, um, we're talking and then you mentioned like, Man, uh, I had such a great year, 2007, you know, um, I got so lucky that a lot of things are happening, you know, the invitation for the DVD, I'm like, no, 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 you're not lucky, dude, you made that happen, you know what I mean, it's not by accident that all these opportunities that happen, you just sit in a couch and suddenly this happened, no, like, you definitely made the effort of like that year in 2007 you killed it you know and yeah. and you put yourself out there yeah. a lot of people maybe don't have won your fifth title it was 10 years that you won your first black belt title it was from 97 that was the first time you won like and then go back in 10 years later you know what i mean so this is a this made a, a huge difference that you know, you execute on your idea. Now you're thinking about it. Yeah, let's do it. And then from there, man, things start to really um, show up for you. And um, I love that you're talking about this because I was going to ask you, what is the one 
habit that has helped you in your life in business. And that kind of goes back to the discipline, right? Yeah, it is about discipline. I'm going to share something with you, Gustavo, very quick. And when I was 23, uh, I was living in Ribeirão Preto, Sao Paulo. And then, I, you know, I was doing well. I had a Vasco da I think I was 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a Vasco da Gama sponsorship. I was making good money, you know, for the Vasco da Gama. I had a sponsorship by head nose. Uh, the school was doing well. I was making good money, right? And I was always very smart with my money. Always very smart with my money. You know, I like good stuff. I do like good stuff. And I like to travel. I like to eat well. I like to drive a nice car. You know, I like to enjoy the life. But I mean, always very smart with my money. Discipline with the money, let's exactly. put this way. Exactly. Discipline my money. That's the best thing to, put, to say. Now, always saving my money, saving my money. I had a very nice car, you know. And like I said, I came from a very poor family, right? And I always drive a very nice car. I had the opportunity to buy uh, uh, my first apartment. Mm-hmm. Brand new building. It was just brand new. The guy bought it and he had to pay off for finance, whatever. And he didn't have the opportunity to pay off for finance because the bank denied his finance. And, uh, and he, I had the opportunity to buy this apartment. And he came to me. I was a very young kid as well. Uh, he came to me. He saw my car. And he said, he told me, like, oh, give me your car. And then... Uh, and they'll give you the apartment. So not the apartment. So I, he gave me like the, like the down payment, the basically. down payment he did already. And then from there, I had to take care and see what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. I remember it was a high payment too. Was a yeah. high payment. When he said that, Gustavo, I, I look out again, 23, 24 years old. And I told him, okay, deal. I gave him my, my, my car and I took the contract. I went to the, 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 the construction company. And I told him, okay, I told the construction company, I said, look, that's how much money I have on my save. I give you all the money and then I will pay you every month. And then every six months, I'll pay you like a big, big money. And the guy told me, okay, I give you four years to pay off. And there was four years. He said, yeah, four years. You have nothing to lose. If you don't pay off, you lose. If you, if you pay off, you got your building. And that moment, I said, man, yeah, what are you going to lose? I'm not going to lose your car, maybe lose my save, but I still young. I accept the challenge. I accept the challenge, Gustavo. Three years later, their house was paying off. I paid the property off and I always bicycle from my house to the school. You know, sometimes I always walk to, the, to the, my house, to the school for six months. Every money I had, every money I was saved. I remember I came here to teach a seminar. I taught a seminar to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I taught a seminar at the friend's school. Saved everything I could go to Brazil. Did he buy one t-shirt? Did he buy like one flip-flop? Put every money I could back to this building, right? Today, I'm 40 years old. I still have this apartment. Yeah. It's rented out and it gives me money every month. Because I was disciplined enough to accept the challenge. And then I was disciplined to my, you know, my business side. I was already building my business mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that was a very uh, right move I did, you know. Yeah, I definitely admire this in you big time, man. You know, with your discipline, with finance, you're always studying business books. You're always making investments. You have some more real estate in uh, in Brazil too. So it's awesome that you, you know, you're getting this habit of, you know, learning more about business. So it's it's a great habit to to have to keep studying. Now, what would you say is the best advice you ever received? 
I, I don't know if it was the best advice. I remember like when I, when I moved to the state, uh, you know, I had a, you know, you know, like on the beginning it was very rough, right? And then I remember when I, when I have a problem, the, the, the lady brought me from Brazil to teach in Delaware and uh, six months later I had a problem to her. She kicked me out of the school and I was in process of getting my visa and there was one visa. So then she tried to, to cancel my visa. She called to immigration. No, she called to her attorney and he told the guy to cancel the visa. So I called the guy and I told him, look, please, you cannot cancel this visa. I need this visa to go back to Brazil. I'm a professional athlete. Sorry. And the guy said, oh, don't worry. I'm not going to cancel. But she's really giving me a hard time. The guy didn't even know me. He never saw me in his life. But he just knew me through the documentation, right? Because he, he was the one who did his visa. But he was hired by her. He works for her, not work for me. So anyways, um, she told me like, oh, okay, you know, you stay here for three weeks, then you get out. I said, okay. And I was, I was okay, there's three weeks, the immigration is going to approve my visa. I know the immigration is going to approve my visa in three weeks. I know I had the gut, I had the feeling the visa will be approved in three weeks, but I was not sure. Nobody knew. The authority he couldn't, he didn't know, right? But mm-hmm. I had the feeling, Gustav, the last week I was supposed to be there, they approved my visa. I got the visa, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, then I had to change my visa because I was not working for her anymore. And I, uh, I called uh, another attorney in California and then I did my visa with him. 30 days later, I got my green card. The day he applied for my visa, for my green card, 30 days later, he, he, I got uh, approved by Google green card. He called me. I said, that I, don't th- I don't know if that was advice, but he called me and he told me, like, look, the only thing can help can stop you in this country is yourself. When he said that, and I knew I'll be making, I knew I'll be making, even mm-hmm. though I was, a, I was a really tough time, I had no place to, to teach him. I had to pay him back in a year. It was thirteen thousand dollars. I didn't have the money. I had to hustle, crazy to get the money to pay him. And uh, but when he told me that, and I knew I'll be making. I knew no matter what happened, I will be making. I'll be successful in this country. You know. Yeah, dude. I remember that time. You know, you, when you're going through, and this this lady they have they have this agreement, and she and he ended up going to do a partnership to open up a school in a different place. And she wanted to, and she, not she wanted, but she su- tried to sue you. She did, yeah. Right? You went to court. Yeah. yeah. You, you guys went to court and everything. And, and then when the judge saw the case, I like, there's no case yeah. here. You know, you can go and that was it. And as far as I know, I think you never heard from her again. Uh, right. I think you did close the business yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Close the business. I don't know what she's doing. You know, like, but it, all, you know, so for years I, w- I had a bad feeling. I was like, really like, yeah. like, man, to, like resent yeah, her. Like today, that, that yeah, today she was responsible to, to bring me over here. You know, she, Absolutely. She, uh, I don't. We, I wish everything the best for her. You know, I wish her the best I can for her, for her husband, for her kids. Uh, you know, and uh, if I see her one day, I could mm-hmm. say hi to her. I have no problem at all to her. You know, yeah. and uh, good for you. So, uh, you know, things happen for a reason. You know. Absolutely. So, what would be an advice that you could give to the younger Hobson when he arrived in São Paulo? You know, you're starting that journey of 
not just because you're already teaching, but I'm saying now was like you're literally on your own. You're starting a full new process. So if you had a chance to get a conversation with your younger Hobson and it's like, hey, buddy, let me tell you this one thing. What would you say to him? I think I would say the patient. Be patient. Be patient because, you know, when you're young, you, you want the things happen fast. You know, you don't have that patient. And the, that patient can can really put you in a good spot and it can put you in a bad spot, you know. And uh, I think if I could go back in the years and speak to myself and say, just, buddy, be patient and uh, keep doing what you're doing and you're going to make, you know. Yeah. I think you were patient, but it's like just be even more patient. You know even what I mean? Because yeah. I believe you were patient and um, yeah, and it, it paid off, you know. So what is a book that you'd recommend to people and why? I know you like business books and stuff like that. So maybe there's a book in the top of your head that you can remember. Yeah, I, I like so many books, Gustavo. Like I said, like I, I, I read like uh, uh, so many like financial books, business book. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I think like uh, think and grow rich. Mm -hmm. It's one of the Napoleon books. Napoleon Hill, yeah. Yeah, right now I'm just starting to read like the Capital. Mm -hmm. The Capital is a really good book. I heard a lot of good stuff about this book, and uh, I'm very excited about this book. Uh, But I think Think and Grow Rich is one book I really enjoy. Uh, and uh, I read that book and put sure I'm going to read that book again. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we were talking earlier too that you have no problem to talk about, like you said, about money, about finances. as It's a topic that you like to because you invest in real estate, invest in, in stocks and stuff like that. So you, you like that part. And sometimes, like you said, people can take the wrong way that you know thinking so much about money but it's not i mean it's the consequence money is going to bring the free it helps to bring the freedom that we want to do things to provide things better for our family to live the lifestyle that you want to live you know so uh besides the finances i mean i know that you like the the personal development too so what is your relation with this with in with money per se Yeah, like I said, you know, it's, I think, so. I'm not going to say like money, I, I agree 100% money is not everything in their life. I agree, mm -hmm. you know, but money can put you in the situation you, you know, you're going to, and put that way. So I want, like, when I, when I start like to have my idea about money, my idea was, okay, I want to have enough money to choose what I don't want to do, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I work for myself. I love to do what I love to do. And I love to teach in jiu-jitsu. You know, that's my dream. I live my dream, right? But I love to get in my family say, uh, you know what? Let's go to Hawaii for two weeks. You know what? Let's go. You know, I'm, yes. I'm dreaming to buy this watch. I want to buy this watch. So, you know, I want the freedom. Exactly. The, the freedom the money gives to you, it is priceless, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I do... Like I spoke with you before, I do like about talk about money. I do like uh, the whole financial situation. Invest here, invest there. Like you, like you said, I'm, I like to invest my money. I, I do like real estate. I do stock market. Like you know, uh, and I'm always okay. What what I can do? What I can do to to make more money? It's not only for the money. It's I enjoy mm -hmm. that process. You know what I'm saying? It's like a game. The game of the the investing and this and. 
Exactly. I remember, Gustavo, I was, in, I was on vacation with my wife. Uh, I was in like Los Cabos, Mexico. You know, I was on my phone, I wanted to hang out the pool, I was on the phone, read something about oil, the finance stuff, right? And I, wrote, I read this article talking about the oil was not, the, they talk about the, how low the price, the oil price was. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, the, the, the oil never been that low in the whole, you know, for so many, many years. And I was thinking about that, thinking about, man, that's pretty good, right? So, Gustavo, right away, I emailed to my bank, if the, my invest bank, I told hey, guys, put this much money <laughs> on oil from city on the pool on my vacation, but it was a nice challenge, you know what I'm saying? I, feel like, oh, I want to do that, I want to jump on that, you know? And uh, that was quite a few years ago. Uh, you know, I didn't make enough, I, I lost, I lose a win, I lose a win, uh, but it was, a, it was a good feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, like you said, like it's, People sometimes they confuse uh, uh, talk about you know how many guys you see like uh, they talk about like oh I, I don't save money because I don't know if I'm gonna buy tomorrow I'm gonna die tomorrow mm-hmm. right the people usually say that but what the chance for you buy tomorrow mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. very small unless if you gotta hit by a car or you know you gotta you know yeah. talk about like crazy stuff right so the chance for you to live until your 80s it's huge, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I said, I, I have kids, you know, I have my twins, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna my twins go through the tough time I went through my life, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I want my twins, my babies, like, you know, live a good life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know I can do that. So that's what the money's about, you know? And uh, I, I, want, I can buy a house for my parents. My parents grew up and they, they live their whole life in the favela. My little sister, she was growing in the favela. When I saw she was growing in the favela, I was not living there yet. I was like, I cannot let that happen. So I, I, I had some money I was saved. I bought a new house for my parents. I moved my parents out from the favela. That's awesome. You know, because uh, the money gave them freedom. Absolutely. You know, so the money is not only for help yourself. You can help others with the money, you can help your families, your good friends, you know, people like the people you love, you know? So I think that's what the money is about, you know? Absolutely. So what are you currently excited about? What do you got going on uh, right now? Uh, Beside my babies, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my baby is the, the, the big, you know, one of the big uh, things happening in my life, you know? And uh, I love so much my babies. They keep me so busy, man. That's like, an awesome crazy. challenge. And then <laughs> it's an amazing challenge, yeah. Like, uh, uh, my baby will be one year old next month. Maybe about 31 years old, you know. And uh, so, uh, right now, man, I'm, I know I'm I'm working on the new uh, phase in the school, do some construction in the school, uh, getting more match space, you know. The school, the new design is going to be very nice. I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm working on my uh, online training. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm working on my online training. I've been saving like all my 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 videos, all my material for the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I got everything saved, everything on this. Uh, I went like you know online so now uh the websites are pretty much done we just finished a few uh few more details it's gonna be like this online training where i'm gonna be able to to reach out to, to all my my fans all the people liking my game uh you know and help the jiu-jitsu community as well you know i know there's a lot of online training over there a lot of guys a lot of good ones uh i get it uh 
but like I think you're gonna be able to really like uh, use that to help people as well, you know, to help people to get through that jujitsu journey, you know. For sure. Now we're getting close to the end of the interview. Just letting the listeners know after the the end of the the interview, I have my my final thoughts, and I want to leave this time for you to just see where people can find you, leave a message to them, and at the same time, me just telling how how much of of honor is to interview you as as i mentioned you're one of my best friends close friends and always been a jiu-jitsu idol as well and it's awesome to see your career you know how you started even when sort even before your black belt and go through your journey and be where you're at today it's amazing to see so um final message to the listeners and how they can find you yeah, Gustav, thank you so much, you know, to bring, you know, to have me here. It's, it's like I said, it's a pressure to to share, like, this moment with you, you know. Like I said, we've been sharing the mat and the life in general for so many years. Uh, so, you know, you, you're definitely a part of my family. You know, you're, like, a very special friend, you know, and, uh, and I'm ha- very happy to see uh, what you're doing, you know. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, I learned so much with you, man. Thank you so much for everything. You know, and uh, for all my, everybody want to, like, uh, look up for my, you know, for me, stuff like that. Like, uh, I'm all, like, over the social media. Like, you know, you can find me, like, everywhere on the social media. Just type in, like, Hobson Motor and they're going to see my stuff. Uh, I really like to catch up with, like, everybody on the social media. I post as many things I can on my training, on my personal life as well. Uh, any questions, just, like, don't, don't raise they just send me a message and I'll be very happy to 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 apply to to everybody you know so I don't I don't know how long it's gonna take mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll definitely be very happy to apply to everybody awesome so Hobson one more time thank you so much and for all the listeners just stick around for the final thoughts Us. Us. Abraço. let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Hobson Mora As I mentioned in an interview, he's one of my closest friends and someone who I admire not only for the human being he is, but also for his discipline to his desires, to his goals and dreams. From an impoverished community in Brazil, literally against all odds, to building one of the biggest and most respected jiu-jitsu associations in the world, the Hobson Mora Nations United, it's a very inspirational story. The reason why I chose the title of the interview, What Can You Do?, is for you to reflect and think, what can I do to take my life to another level? As Hobson mentioned in an interview. Or what can you do to take your business to another level? What can you do to take your relationships to another level? You can attempt anything you desire. I mentioned that I admire Hobson's dedication and discipline towards his desires because he reflects on what he wants and he goes after. If you don't have the habit of doing this already, you should consider listening to the burning desire that you have inside of you. And this is one of the first steps to reach us in the list of the 13 main principles of success from the book, Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill that Hobson mentioned during the interview. That is where everything starts, from within. With the burning desire to pursue a cause, a goal, or a dream, a desire that you have, regardless where you're at in this moment of your life. And I'd like to challenge you. And this challenge will be divided in two parts. And here's the first one. As you already know, one of the main messages that I share with you in the podcast is the idea of living a life authentic to your desires, facing your fears and anxieties to achieve a higher level in your life. And this goes along with this episode's title of What Can You Do? 
And I'm going to give you two suggestions for you to reflect and what you can do. And here is the first one. Listen to your inner voice. What do you want? What is that desire that you have in your life that you keep postponing and procrastinating? Maybe you don't have any burning desires. However, I believe you do. And I believe it's inside of you. And if you search, you'll find it. It could be something very minor like signing up for yoga or dance classes or a major career change. What exactly do you want? If you have a big desire, though, a big dream, you better know not only what you want, but why do you want to pursue that? What is your intrinsic motivation? Because when the hard times come during your journey to achieve the success you desire, and trust me, they will come, your why will give you strength to continue. If you only focus on the extrinsic motivation, the results, the money, the award, you might end up struggling to find fulfillment in what you want. And as the speaker Simon Sinek says, it starts with why. Why do you do what you do? And as you have the clarity of what you want and why you want it, I would like you to reflect on the second suggestion, which is a quote from one of my favorite motivational speakers of all time, Jim Rohn. Success is something that you attract by the person you become. What person do you have to become? Which habits need to change? Which ones would you like to improve? What do you need to do more of? What do you need to do less of? Who are the personal associations holding you back in your life that you need to do something about it so you can achieve the success you desire? These are hard emotional questions and oftentimes they hurt, so reflect on them. If you feel that you need to pause right now so you can absorb the questions and reflect, do so and come back in because I want to share with you three steps that Hobson used to achieve his riches, as Napoleon Hill mentions on his book, in different moments and different challenges of his life, on and off the mat. And here's the step number one. During the interview, Hobson mentioned about the opportunity that showed up in his life, which was to buy his very first condo in a very nice building and community, by the way. When he was offered the apartment, he remembered that he always had a desire to have his own house or apartment. And when this opportunity came up, he used the very first step, which is execute on your idea. If you have a desire, a burning desire, like Napoleon Hill said, to pursue something and you're not executing on your ideas, you need to reevaluate what fears and anxieties are holding you back. Then acknowledge the fears that are there, set your plan, and execute on your idea anyway. Imagine that your desire is on the top of the mountain. And if you're not already climbing, you need to execute and start climbing. Because if you're waiting for a helicopter ride to take you there, make sure that you find a comfortable place because it's not going to happen. Before we go to step number two, I need to stress the importance of executing on your ideas not only once, but daily for a long period of time which will lead into step number two, discipline. The second step is to maintain discipline in your plan during the journey. The cool thing is that I witnessed this part of Hobson's journey when he put the money down for to buy his condo. I remember 2004 when he came to Arizona for the first time. He came to teach a seminar. He flew straight from Japan to Asia after an MMA fight. And he mentioned how he was saving money to 
pay off this condo and not too long after he did. And I admired him not only because he hustled to pay that off in four years, but also how disciplined he was with his money to make this happen. Life was good for Hobson in Sao Paulo, still teaching, starting his affiliate schools, traveling, competing. And he thought, what do I need to do to take my life to another level? And the answer was the United States of America. When he arrived in Delaware in 2006, he was given a huge step back in his life at that moment. As I said, things were good, but he was looking for a higher level. And the best advice I ever received comes from my mother. That she said, sometimes in life we need to take a few steps back in order to start moving forward again. And that's exactly what Hobson did. He mentioned that his main struggle was his beginning in Sao Paulo. And his beginning in the United States was his second biggest struggle. When the fallout happened and he lost his job in Delaware, he was very discouraged. And that's when the third step came in. I remember that he called and said, man, I'm considering going back to Sao Paulo, spend some time there and wait for another opportunity from there. And I told him, dude, don't do it. If you go, we end up not coming back. If you stay here in the U.S., it's going to be so much easier, dude. Stay in my house for a couple months until you figure it out. And during the week, you can train and weekends, you can go after and look for seminars. And that is what he did. He stayed in AZ, and in a couple of months, the opportunity to move to Tampa, Florida, presented itself, and he did. And now, currently, in 2018, he operates his own school and RMNU Association that has 50 schools in seven different countries. You might be thinking, Gustavo, where's the third step? I never heard this, <laughs> the third step. Step three, patience. You have to maintain patience. During the interview, I asked Hobson, what advice would you give to your younger self when you started your entrepreneurial journey? And he said, be patient. And as I mentioned in an interview, that he was patient during his journey, but maybe even more patient. For example, the moment he had the fallout was a tough moment emotionally for him because he lost his job and he hated living in Delaware. He liked the people, but he wasn't happy there. He didn't like the weather, and his desire was to live close to the ocean. Since he was so down and sad, he thought about waiting in Brazil, and I said no. He needed a little push to be patient. I was already living in the U.S. for seven years by that point, so I knew that his name would blow up in the U.S. It was a matter of time. And that is why it's so important to be surrounded by positive people who are going to help you during your journey, not hold you back or move you away from your goal when you need them. So don't underestimate the power of Jim Rohn's question. What person do you have to become to achieve the success you desire? Reevaluate your friends, family members, co-workers. Do you need to cut someone from your life? Do you need to minimize time you spend with them? Do you need to look for other new associations? It's up to you. Share your desires and goals with a very close friend that you have, someone that you trust, and who knows? This person could end up being someone who gives you some emotional support during the tough times in your journey. So share your plans and execute on your ideas daily. Stay disciplined during this process. As the motivational speaker Les Brown says, you stay disciplined until... You may ask, Gustavo, until when? I don't know. It's your goal. It's your journey. Remember to maintain discipline until you get what you desire. That's why you need to be patient. 
If you feel this burning desire to do something, do it. Because you only have one life. And the last thing you want is at the end of your life to be asking yourself, what if? By the way, since I dropped a lot of powerful questions here, I decided to post a link to a worksheet that you can download and reflect on the questions and write them down if you want. And you can find the link at the post of the episode 10 at the BJJMentalCoachPodcast.com. And I'm going to end the final thoughts today with some of Jim Rohn's thoughts. Here it goes. If you really want to do something, you will find a way. If you don't, you will find an excuse. Success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day. And discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Oh, We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.